Hello and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at LockdownWBB and, of course, get 24-7, 365 coverage of women's basketball over at High Post Hoops. And I'm delighted to say today is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, banana nut bread is the flavor of choice I'm using today. Uh, it tastes a lot like my wife's banana nut bread, but definitely a better choice for me as I'm trying to make sure my workout was not for naught this morning. And so... I'd like to take the time now to talk uh, to, and this is still weird for me to say, University of Texas head coach Vic Schaefer. But Vic, uh, for you, how normal is this? You were saying off the air, 45 of your 59 years have been spent in the state of Texas. So this must feel pretty pretty normal to you. Well, it, it does, Howard. It's, a, it's really a blessing. First of all, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate the opportunity and want you to know how much I appreciate all you do for our great game. And uh, pleasure. that being said, you know, I was born in Breckenridge Hospital, which is across the street, literally, from the drum where we play. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, lived the first two years of my life in Austin before I was raised on the south side of Houston um, the rest of my time. But, you know, Austin is a is a place I'm very familiar with. Been there so many, you know, hundreds of times. And I'm actually now 65 miles from where I grew up on the weekends at my grandmother's house in LaGrange, Texas. And both my mother and father uh, are buried there. And uh, I'll be able to go to the cemetery and take care of their their um, their gravesite uh, myself now instead of having somebody do that. So it's a. Uh, it's really uh, it's really comfortable for me. I'm excited about the opportunity, and again, it's it's a chance for for all of us to get get back home. You know, to me, we've talked about your path, which is such an interesting one, and it's always been. You've always talked about the fact that you didn't necessarily see this as where you'd end up as one of the frankly iconic figures in women's basketball at all, uh, let alone basketball overall. And and I guess I wonder at what point it started to be a thought in your mind that, gee, University of Texas, for all the reasons you just said, is a comfortable place, is a logical place for you to end up where this could be the pathway of your career. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been doing it 35 years, obviously, and... uh... I've, I've had, um, you know, I've had just some some really in, incredible opportunities dating all the way back to my first job as a high school uh, coach in 1985, working for a, a Hall of Famer and Coach Oney at Milby High School in Houston. To, mm-hmm. you know, spending 15 years with Coach Coach Blair at Arkansas and A and M, and um, you know, had a uh, young in my career, early in my career, being a head coach at Sam Houston State, uh, ninety to ninety-seven, probably wasn't ready when I got that job. But thrown into the fire, and you learn on the on the go, and you learn on the run, and um, you know, learn so many things there. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously now my my eight years here at Mississippi State, um, just eight tremendous years so much fun building it here um and and knowing uh, obviously we've left it in a really good place and i'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish here 
as you know, it's very difficult to do. And um, really proud of, of of what we've been able to do here. So, but now being able to go to to the University of Texas, one of the the absolute, um, I mean, just in, in my mind to take to have the opportunity to restore the lore and the tradition that Jody Conrad built there um, is a tremendous responsibility. And uh, you're not only talking about a, a women's basketball program that uh, really kind of started all this in women's basketball with the Tennessees of the world and Pat Summit and, um, and those types, but, you know, now to have the responsibility to try to bring that tradition in, 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 uh, back uh, is really a tremendous responsibility. So excited about that, knowing also – and you're talking about a, a university academically that has so much tradition in history is such a well-respected and national degree and involved in so many things nationally, you know, academically. So it's exciting. As you can tell, I'm excited about the opportunity and uh, we've got a big job in front of us, but we're excited about the, the challenges. You know, it's a tradition, I think, that is in some areas overlooked just because there's been a little bit of a gap. I, I had the privilege of watching uh, Texas play on Saturday night, as a matter of fact, yeah. and back yeah. in, you know, that 82 team that Jody Conrad yeah. took to uh, the national championship game of the AIAW a few years later, of course, she wins an NCAA tournament championship yep. as well. And, and so there is, there's this rich history. And you look back at that period of time, the, there was the need for Rutgers to beat Tennessee to get there, a young Pat Summit. It's before Geno is even a head coach. It's before Muffet's a head right. coach. It, it's it's right. a different time. And I guess I wonder, because you talk about championship or bust, and you talked about that a lot uh, with the group uh, when we had the opportunity to talk to you uh, right after the hiring. And women's basketball is in a different place than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, as you know, uh, because you're part of the re- reason that that happened. I mean, 10 years ago, Mississippi State was not a power. Now Mississippi State is a power. And there are more and more programs that are what you'd call in the elite. So does that change Does that change what is realistic, what is what constitutes being elite? And, and I say that at a time where, for instance... UConn goes several years, and and frankly, without Brianna Stewart, UConn has not been a regular championship title uh, contender. Certainly, they've not won. Uh, University of Tennessee, since Pat Summit, had some talented teams under Holly, but did not even reach the Final Four under her. So, does it change what is realistic and more closely approximate the men's game, where there's more money being spent, there's more history built up, and there's more programs with expectations every year. Yeah, I think it's a combination of several things, but I, I think, one, you've got more programs, more administrations that are more committed to not only women's basketball, but women's athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you think back in the 90s, you had very few programs that were truly committed to women's basketball. In the state of Texas, there were three. There was the University of Texas, there was Stephen F. Austin, and there was Texas Tech. 
Then when you want to step outside of that, there was Tennessee, there was Stanford, um, you know, and, and so at, in, at that time you had Georgia and Auburn in the SEC that was really committed. The, and, and so, you know, and then La Tech. I mean, we're talking about in the 90s, Howard, and you remember those times. Those mm-hmm. schools that I just mentioned were the schools year in and year out. When you when you think about elite programs, in my mind, you know there is a real fluid group at probably I don't know, maybe twelve to fourteen through twenty five. When you look in the top twenty five, that group's pretty fluid. They're in and out of the top twenty five. That they they're just you know depends on a lot of things, recruiting cycles and things like that, or how good a league is, or how good the country is. When you talk about a program, there's a difference between a top 10 program and a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. The top 10 programs, year in and year out, when that preseason poll comes out, your fans can look in the top 10 and they're going to find you. You're going to be somewhere in that top 10. And I think that's what we've built, where we were able to build at Mississippi State, is we turned that from a, a program that was maybe a, a top I don't know, 50 or 75. Um, it had been two years before that anyway when they made the, uh, a little run in the tournament, too. We turned that into a top-10 program, whereas every year we were in the top-10 preseason and we stayed there all year long. Mm-hmm. That's what's hard to do, Howard. It's hard to build that, and the only thing harder to build it is maintain it. And I think we were able to do that in the last four four years at Mississippi State, four or five years at Mississippi State of our eight that we were there. That's our challenge at Texas, but it's also part of that is winning championships. You know, it's not about being a top four team in your league. It's about winning championships. Mm-hmm. When you mention Connecticut, to me, they are still that elite program because they're not only winning their conference championship, they may not win, be winning the national championship as they did so many years in a row or so many years there, but they're still in that final four. Mm-hmm. They're still, you know, they're still uh, in that top four, top five, top six all year long, every year. Oh, I, I, I mean, uh, 11 years in a row to the final four is remarkable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remarkable. So, I mean, it is just so hard to do you know, to do that and to do what they've done consistently and, you know, for us to go in there, you know, three years ago and stop that nation's longest 111-game winning streak, again, I think it shows tremendous parity in our game right now for, again, a number of reasons. Commitment by administrations. Uh, Kids are, are, are... wanting different things academically so that weighs differently not just the basketball piece mm-hmm. and, and so I think you've got better coaching and people that are developing kids and 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 so you have that piece and then I think nationally I just think high school basketball is so much better the AAU is so much better and so kids don't have to go a long way away to get that quality coaching piece to get that that uh, great education yeah. is so much available nationally across the country, and, and whereas there may only have been a two or three schools that had that. So I, I just think there's a you know there's a a little bit of everything involved, and 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 so for us, 
what we were able to do at Mississippi State and that piece, uh, it, it was exciting. It was fun building it. Now we have that challenge and that responsibility in my mind to restore that lore, that tradition, that where in my mind Texas deserves to be, should be year in and year out. And so that's our challenge. It's interesting. And, and what you're saying all makes sense. It's just to build a top 10 program when there are 10 schools who are yeah. really invested in it is one thing. To do yeah. it when there are 70 schools invested yep. in it, the way you've managed to do in Mississippi State, is yep. a different challenge. And it just it leads me to feel like a team that's consistently in the top 20 now maybe has to work harder than a team 15, 20 years ago to be in the top 10 just because of uh, that kind of change. So, you no know, question. Yeah. So, so Texas and, and doing that now offers you and a bit of a different opportunity. I remember a conversation you and I had a few years ago about that team that ended UConn's streak and I, I was there for that. I was there for 98-38 the year before. So I saw yeah. the, full, the full run there and what, and what changed and what developed. And the thing you pointed out, and I thought it was so interesting, was that you weren't building that program. You didn't build that program at that time on top 100 recruits. It was not a thing that you did. And, and, and you go back and look and you say, all right, well, those, those numbers were silly because you know, look at someone like Tierra McGowan, and obviously she was one of the most impactful people during the time that she was in college, forget top 100, you know, a, a top three. Uh, but you're at Texas now where you have some additional opportunities to bring people in. Even, even under Karen Aston, that was a place where you saw all Americans come every year. And I just don't wonder how you feel about it. I, I know you'd always rather have better pedigreed players, but I know you also like playing the part of the underdog as well. So how, how does that work for your thinking as you try and adapt to what you've spoken about so many times? The, the Vic Schaefer way of playing is a very specific, very hungry type of basketball. Yeah, no question. I think that's where we've done a great job. My staff, we are just really good at recruiting to a fit. And I think that's that's the secret to our success. We've recruited to a fit, we've mm-hmm. retained our players, and we've developed them. And and so you let's just go to Tierra McCowan. I mean, she's 38 miles from College Station, 30 miles from Austin, and she comes all the way to Mississippi State. Now, there were some things in school, high school, where you know academically she had to get a lot done late to be eligible, mm-hmm. and the kid did it. And then she comes to Mississippi State and graduates in four years. And truly one of my brightest and proudest moments in coaching. But, you, you know, she, her and Victoria Vivians, obviously two kids. Uh, Victoria was skilled. She was really the first skilled and top 30 kid that we signed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was she the program in, definer the way Asia Wilson was in South Carolina, I feel like. Do you think that's a fair comparison? Sure, yeah. no question. And I, and I, But I think, you know, it took Victoria three years to really, uh, and us putting her in a different position to really allow her to be 
the All-American that she was her senior year. Mm-hmm. Tierra, she just needed somebody to spend time with her. She needed developing. She needed people to work with her every day on and off the court. And when we did that, you just saw a, a flower bloom. I mean, she just blossomed into this All-American player, All-American person, um, this personality. Uh, and, and it, again, it's why we do what we do, Howard. It, it's just a, she is truly, um, you know, an incredible story uh, in and of itself. But yeah, I, back, I, I do have to I, say, I, by the way, also, you, you, you've created – a terrible conundrum for WNBA coaches for the next 10, 15 years because nobody knows how to stop her. <laughs> nobody can defend hey, her. You, you. you talk to these yeah. coaches post-game at these WNBA games that after they play the fever and they're just so fatigued because they, they throw everything they have at her and there's, you can't stop her now. It's been amazing yeah. to see. Yeah. She's, she's, a, she's a monster in a great way. And, uh, yeah. She's going to wreak havoc in that league for, mm-hmm. like you said, many, many years to come. But just going back to the recruiting piece, you know, we finally started getting those top 20 kids, those McDonald's All-Americans yeah. at Mississippi State in the last couple, two, three years. And so Texas has been able to recruit them. They've just had a hard time retaining them. Mm-hmm. And so our job is to continue the recruitment of those players but now retain them and develop them. And, again, it's that player that's driven, that's hungry, that wants to win championships, that will do it and, 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 and understands there's a, there's a – it's not easy. There's a price to pay, and there's no shortcut to success. And I think that's the challenge, but that's what we're really good at, Howard. We, we're able to convey that to young people – and get them to do that and do that so that we can play our style, which is exciting, which people want to come see, they want to come watch, they want to support, they want to love. And that's what's made it unique for us at Mississippi State, and it's what's going to make it great for us at Texas. So when you look at the roster that you are bringing back, I'm excited in particular about you and your staff getting the chance to work with Charlie Collier, who has a lot of, to my mind, a hybrid of what you had in Victoria and more of the size even, although not to the same extent as Tierra McCowan, but the size of a legit five at the next level. And I guess I'm wondering what you've seen so far uh, on video and in conversations what you think Charlie Collier can be in a Vic Schaefer system? Yeah, she's going to be a monster. I mean, she's got she's got so much uh, versatility to her game. It's going to be fun, you know, putting that all together in our system. Um, I think you look at her and Celeste. Mm-hmm. You know, those two are I call them the bookends. Uh, it's great to build in between those two and put together a roster. Now we have Kyra Lambert, the point guard from Duke, mm-hmm. who's a trans- grad transfer, which we absolutely had to have a point guard. And so I, I do think that you're talking about a cup. you know, those two kids in particular are, are great ones to build around, but they have so much to their game. They're both probably going to be pros. Um, they're, they're just uh, very, very skilled 
young ladies, and I think they're both workers. I think they're both going to want to work really hard. I know they're both super excited about um, the opportunity that, that they're going to have with us and in our system. So, yeah, that, it's, it's really exciting. And, again, the versatility that Charlie brings really is a matchup nightmare in, in our system for a lot of people. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see that growth happen, but it also gives you an opportunity you didn't necessarily have at Mississippi State in that you're going to have a couple of cornerstones of talent. Now to recruit to that, it makes it easier, presumably, because you have something to be able to point to that's already there. You also have your own success to be able to point to. I just wonder, though, What's recruiting like in this fraught moment? How, how do you do it? How much has it changed? How do you go about approaching it when it's so hard to be able to tell what the future brings in a much larger sense? Yeah, it's it's different, obviously, right now with us not being able to be out. and We're such a personable staff, and, uh, you know, being able to go into homes, um, it's very difficult right now to do it on the phone. So we do, you know, we do do a lot of, um, you know, FaceTime type recruiting visits and things like that. I'm sure everybody's doing that. Um, and, and again, I, I think we're, you know, people see our, my staff, they, they see how personable we are. They, they, they get to know us and, and, uh, again, understand what tremendous role models, um, and mentors that my 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 our staff uh, is it, it really is uh, you know we just keep working I guess is the answer we mm. we don't say well we can't do this so we're not doing anything we say we're limited here so let's find a way to be better here and, and so that's what we've been able to do so uh, it's it's really look Texas the brand is really easy to sell and um, you know. The program itself, I mean, we're building a $500 million brand-new arena that's going to be ready in the spring of 22. Mm-hmm. State-of-the-art, best in the country, new practice facility, new offices, new locker room, new everything. I mean, there won't be a better arena in the country, uh, better uh, facilities in the country. And so, again, that adds to the responsibility that we have uh, in the undertaking that we have to make sure that we we do our job and, and restore this great program to where it, it deserves to be. When you think about the program you're leaving behind, now that you've had a few weeks to be able to do that too, I just wonder in a couple of different ways. No one will ever be able to tell the story of Mississippi State women's basketball without talking about Vic Schaefer and, and the role you've played there. And you've built a foundation that looks to be secure. Uh, but there's two parts to that. One is we've also seen no shortage of places through the years that were ultimately built around the work that a leader brought forward. And there are programs in women's basketball and anything else that falter without that. How bullish are you about Mississippi State's future, uh, whether it's with Nikki McRae or just more generally. And then the other part that I'm curious about is that you are a, as you have said, championship or bust person. And 
you got as close as it is possible. I don't have to tell you, but our listeners know this too. As close as it is possible to get that championship without getting it, to come so close, to come a shot away, to come a game away multiple times. I just wonder how hard that is for you to reconcile uh, knowing, having done everything else and how you reconcile it, how you do that emotionally. Well, look, it's tough. Um, you know, let's go to the the first year we're in the last game and it, it, it was it was obviously so emotional, such an emotional night for all of us to we not only you know, not only do you end the, the, the nation's longest winning streak in any sport mm-hmm. ever, but we did it in the state of Texas where I'm from, where I had three recruits from in front of a sellout crowd of mostly bulldogs and, 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 and to do that. But people don't realize we had the late game that night. Mm -hmm. We walked, we didn't tip till nine. We walked off the floor at 1135, 1145. By the time we got our kids back to the hotel, the Anatole Hilton, we walked in that lobby at 1.15 a.m. in the morning. And there were 5,000 people, Howard, waiting on us. Mm -hmm. And that place erupted when our kids walked in there. And so our kids didn't get to bed till after 3, 3.30. And because of practice times and media obligations the next day, they didn't sleep probably more than six, seven hours. And just the emotional drain of that night mm-hmm. and then the you know the quick turnaround, it was very difficult. And then let's just throw on top of that, South Carolina's just really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're really good. And we'd already had, you know, a knockdown drag out with them, two of them, earlier in the year. And uh, Don obviously had a tremendous team. And, and so that was difficult. And we didn't, you know, we just didn't play well. They had everything to do with that and, um, you know, give them all the credit in the world. Then you go to the next year, that's probably a better team than the team the year before. And and to, to come off of that emotional overtime game against Louisville and, and then to get in that game with Notre Dame, you're up 11 at half and – You've made a, a great play at the end of the game. You've stolen the ball. You're coming down the floor, and you have what happened in that game. Uh, and they, we end up losing the ball, and then they make a you know a, an incredible shot. I, I'm going to interject here because you're too polite to say it, but an absolute robbery of a no call. An absolute robbery of a no call. As somebody who was courtside covering that game, the idea that there was not a foul on that strip and steal uh, – boggles my mind to this day but anyway go ahead so to, to go through that I mean it, it for me as a coach it's 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 so difficult that will never leave me yeah um that team was so good and so special uh so much great leadership um and, and so that that haunts me I mean it it literally never leaves my train of thought when I think about basketball teams career mississippi state uh because they've never won that team championship and we were about as close as you can be Mm -hmm. and 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 so 
you know, you, you are, you're one play away uh, from from making that happen, and it, it's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so um, you know, and then you 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 fast forward to uh, last year, and let me just say this: the year, the next year, not not this past year's team, but the one that went thirty three and three. Mm-hmm. Part of the part of what you do in the NCAA tournament, and I say this all the time: you got to get hot. You got to have a little bit of luck, and you got to be really good. Well, we were hot, and we were really good. We just weren't real lucky when they sent us out to Oregon to play a very good Oregon team. Well, coach Kelly's a tremendous coach. They had sure tremendous is. players, but we got to go play them on their home, basically in their backyard. And so that team, quite frankly, I was probably the best of the three teams I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean they were really good. And and uh, but we had to go out there and you get beat eighty eight eighty four, and let me just tell you, you can count on one finger, one finger, how many games Vic Schaefer, a team he's coached, has lost when his team has scored eighty four points. Mm-hmm. But that's how good Oregon was, and that's how hard they were to defend, and we just could not guard them that night in a very unbelievable atmosphere. I mean, it was great for women's college basketball, yeah. but very difficult for us to go all the way out there. You know, you could probably count on two feet and two hands how many people were wearing maroon and how many, you know, <laughs> tens of thousands of people were wearing green that night. So, you know, our last three years have been really, really good. I mean, you think about Tierra and Jazz's team, 132 and 16, I think, is what they were. Yeah. In their four-year career, I mean, or 132 or 134. I mean, that's unbelievable uh, what they were. The team before that, with Blair and Victoria and Morgan, one, 126 and I think they were 126 and 22. I mean, just an incredible four-year run. So, it's it's very you know those 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 games are fleeting. Those opportunities are fleeting. Last year's team, twenty-seven and six, with an average age of nineteen on yeah. our team. I, I, no I mean, seniors. arguably no the seniors. the most impressive out of all, to be frank, because yeah. like you said, I mean, to <laughs> well, do it you, with, it, with I mean, such young really players, difficult. yeah, yeah, really difficult. And you know, we we um, and and to have all that team back minus Jordan mm-hmm. uh, was going to be an incredible group. So I, I think. We, you know, we've obviously left it in a really good place, and and I think it'll be, I'll be shocked if they're not really good for many many years to come. Yeah. Um, and and, and so I am very proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Again, we we've we've got to, that's what we've got to do now at Texas. That's our challenge, and and that's our charge, and hey, and so is that how you fight it? Is that how you fight to put it out of your mind? Because, like you said, I, I, you talked about it haunting you, and I think that is something that would resonate with anyone uh, because it's just this remarkable record of success and looking for that. How do you? What, how do you deal with it in order to push past it? What's your What's your method? You know, I think it. I think it it haunts me, but I also think it motivates me. Yeah. And I think that's why you do what you do. Do you stay? You know, could have could have stayed at Mississippi State and rode it out and and we could have never you know we we could have just done keep doing what we're doing and no big deal and everybody 
you know, nobody would say a thing, or do you go to Texas now and you try to restore and do there what you've done here and then do one more? Mm-hmm. You know, we have a saying, one more. Well, we need to do one more at Texas and win and, and try to win that, that championship. And so I think that's what you do. I mean, look, two things. One, South Carolina's not going anywhere. Dawn's going to continue to do what she does, True. her and her staff. At the same time, you know what? Baylor's not going anywhere either. Kim's going to continue to do what she does and mm-hmm. do it with her staff. So, you know, we, our challenge, our job is to continue to compete, um, not only with the with the teams in the league. And trust me, the Big 12 is full of Hall of Fame coaches, just like the Southeastern Conference is. All we did is jumped out of the frying pan and into the grease, <laughs> you know, going from one to the other. So, you know, it, it's what we do. I mean, if you don't want the competition, if you don't want the challenge of these two conferences, then you need to go to some three name directional school and 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 do that do it there, you know, right. where there's not no pressure and nobody'll say a word if you don't get it done. But I think this is how we're built. This is how my staff's built. This is how who we are and this is what we want. We want to have that opportunity to play in that last game and we want and we we're motivated to try to win it i guess my my interest in seeing what happens next is driven by all of those ways and 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 your track record that you come through but i would be remiss not to point out that the extent to which mississippi state was built was built by a relentless ability for you to stay on message and sell the stool and sell the place as well. And so yep. that that's really striking to me. We, you know, we didn't have a conversation where you weren't talking not just about your basketball team, but about Starkville itself. And yep. I know that plays a part in what you're doing. And so I'd like to end on a little bit of a, high, a lighter note, which is your catchphrase at Mississippi State. Uh, that you ended every press conference with of praise the Lord and go dogs. I'm wondering <laughs> two sides to it. One being, how do you plan to bring it along, modify it in Texas? Will that be something you intend to do? And then also if there's a conversation uh, with Nikki McRae about uh, adjusting it, or if you uh, plan to uh, look to her to have her own catchphrase. Well, uh, I haven't had that opportunity yet with, with Nikki. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, one thing I do, I do want to mention, Howard, and that's how difficult it was to leave here, not being able to really talk to my team. I mean, it is. I love those kids so much. They mean so much to me. To have a five- or ten-minute conversation with them as a team on that Sunday afternoon, and then once that conversation was over and we hung up, I can't call them back. Mm-hmm. I can't have any one-on-ones like you might have if you – had a press conference here or school was in here and kids came by and you could at least meet them and see them one-on-one or see them as a team even. You couldn't do it, and it's just gut-wrenching Has to, to be. have to do it the way we did it, the way I had to do it, to know how much I invested in those kids, to know how much I love them, um, and, and just I'm going to be, the you know, I'll be so proud of them to watch them from afar to see how, successful they are and for them to always know I'm I'm their number one fan. Yeah. So that's been really difficult. As far as the the the, the catchphrase, you know, we'll take that with us. 
to Austin, and, and it'll be praise the Lord and hook them horns. And, uh, you know, that's just always been something that, um, you know, we've always, as you said, we always sign off with that. And, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm so I, – I, I so much know uh, where any and all blessings come from. Yeah. And my career, my family – um, you know, each and every player that I've been blessed to have the opportunity to coach, my staff, um, this community, what a blessing all of this has been in my life. I've said it a lot. The eight years here were truly, up to, the, to that date, the eight best years of my life, both personally and professionally. Not only has the city of Starkville been tremendous, but the state of Mississippi has just been so good to me and my family. They've been so loving. Whether you were a Mississippi State fan or you were for the other school up north or any school in between, people have always been so kind and loving to my family. And this state is a tremendous state. It is a tremendous state full of great, great people. And so, you know, it's just it's been who we are it's been what it's been a wonderful run um and uh it will always have a special place in my heart forever it's something that obviously has left a mark on you and you on it uh the state of mississippi and starkville in particular and so it's been a wonderful thing to see and be able to cover and as odd as it may sound about something relatively small, even just knowing there's the continuity of a catchphrase in this time where so many things seem to be changing and for up, up for grabs, I have a feeling would resonate really well with women's basketball fans uh, across the country. So Vic Schaefer, always great to chat with you. Really appreciate your time and insight and extremely excited to cover what you do next. Thank you so much for your time. Uh- Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in Austin Howard. And as always, praise the Lord and hook them horns.